Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. The Lord. Well, you know, it's, it's a word for, uh, the, uh, for, for, for men, of course, for husbands. But let me tell you, the wives, you are going to, you are going to learn something each time that we teach. Uh, so tune your ears up also. Singles, tune your ears up also. You'll be learning something also. The title of the message today, of course, is The Imitating Child, Who is the Servant Leader? And it's part two of that message. And we said we were doing a series on the roles um, of a successful, a biblically successful marriage. And I'm excited about it because I'm learning something uh, to put to use myself, I tell you. Uh, it, it's exciting always to learn, no matter how old you are, you can learn. No matter how long you've been married, you can, you can learn. No matter whether you're not married yet, you can learn. And that's what we are about today. Let's start at our foundation uh, scripture. Our foundation scripture is found in Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go there, verse 31 and 32. It says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined, and the King James may say, uh, cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. We said that, um, uh, before, and that's our base scripture. And if marriage is really about what God says it is, which it is really about that, He's speaking in reference to Christ in the church. What does He mean? We, he's speaking in reference to Christ in the church. The big picture is not our marriage. That's not the big picture. The big picture is Christ and the church. And I didn't know that, so I want to keep explaining it to you. Christ and the church. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We've uh, given some il- illustrations before, uh, and, and I tell you that my marriage is not about me. Our marriage is not about us, uh, Minerva and I. Uh, it's not about being one flesh, even though we are one flesh, and the scripture says that the two shall become one flesh. That's not the big picture. That's the little bit of small picture. Uh, we are about reflecting, we say, showing a picture of, modeling, uh, being a metaphor for Christ and the church. That's what we are actually doing. And that's what has been missing in most marriages. Most marriages is really about the individual person or the individual people, what they like, what they don't like. They are trying to uh, appease one another, and they get out of source of one another sometimes. Uh, and they're not really understanding that it's really not about them at all. Really not about them. It's about Christ and the church. So if marriage is about Christ and the church, then everybody's ears should perk up a little bit. Uh, singles' ears should perk up a little bit because when I give the roles about the, the men today, when I tell things about it, really I'm talking to the women too. I'm talking to the singles too. I'm talking to the teenagers. I'm talking to everybody because we all can learn from it. One illustration that um, came to me is important in this is that just think of this word picture. If I ask you in a night of the full moon, because we have full moon some nights, is it more light than when it's a just a little quarter moon? Yes, it's more light. And God says that he gives 
He put the moon and the sun up there and stuff to give light. Well, that moon, does it really have light? No, it really doesn't have light. No light, the moon. That's how I look at our marriage, Minerva, my wife there for the guests of Minerva, and our marriage. Um, that marriage, our marriage, we don't have light. We have, we are a reflection of light. See, the moon, the light we see when it's a full moon or when it's a quarter moon at night, that light is coming from what source? The sun. The sun. That's how my role as a husband is supposed to be. I'm supposed to be reflecting the Son of God. That's what I'm supposed to be doing, reflecting the Son of God to Minerva, and our marriage should be reflecting Christ and the church to whoever is watching, whoever sees, whoever knows us. That's what we're supposed to be doing, reflecting. That's what he meant when he says in in John uh, chapter 14, verse 9, when he says that, that he who has seen me has seen the Father. Because he knows that he's in the Father, the Father's in him, they are one. And we know that we are in, our life is here with Christ and God. So Minerva, she's supposed to be reflecting Christ. I'm supposed to be reflecting Christ. Together we're supposed to be reflecting Christ and the church just like the moon is reflecting the light of the sun. We are reflecting. So it's, it's a visual of what we're actually supposed to be doing. Well, our, our life is not about, our marriage is not about uh, just us. It's about Christ and the church. Everything, and, and see, I didn't know that because I started looking, I said, everything is about the glory of God. We know that scripturally, but I didn't think that really marriage is, it's supposed to be reflecting about Christ in the church. It's supposed to be a metaphor. It's supposed to be a picture. It's supposed to be uh, 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 some type of reflection of Christ in the church so that people can see each of our marriages and they're supposed to say, that's what Christ in the church is. I want to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ because I see how that man is treating that woman. I see how they operate in their marriage. That is a metaphor of Christ in the church. See, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Do you know if we would do that, it would change statistics of marriages. It would change it. It would change the way that uh, women perceive their husbands after they are married. It is a change that if we as husbands are doing what Christ does to the church. So let's uh, go backwards just a little bit. And, and because I was looking at this, I was praying about it, I said, well, we probably need to start not where I started last week only, but let's go back just a little bit further. Because if I'm going to reflect Christ to Minerva, it should not start after I am married. 
It should start before that. Is that correct? In John chapter 8, let's go there. And we're looking at um, verse 28 here. He was saying that when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing on my own initiative. That's very important. Very important. But I speak things as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. For I always do the things that are, that are pleasing to him. This is a relationship that God wants every single male, every single female, every single young adult, teenager, I don't care what age you are, that's what he wants. That is scripture. Is that correct? It's not just a role for a male, is it? Should women be doing things on their own initiative if they are born again? No. Because he, he's not talking to men here only. He's talking to the church. He's talking to everybody. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to people here. He's saying this is the way the kingdom works. I don't do anything on my own initiative. I always do that which pleases the Father. So, young people, you can start practicing for marriage. Singles, you can start practicing for marriage by practicing what Jesus, this intimate relationship that Jesus has with the Father. They are one, and he's saying that I always do that which pleases my Father. I do nothing on my own initiative. That's what he's saying. Now, if, if, if young ladies will practice that now before they get married, they're not going to have the same problems that you would have uh, after they get married. They won't have the same problem. You say, I thought you were teaching on the role of the, of the husband. Well, I am. Because that's for... Men too, isn't it? Isn't it? It's for men too. That's where it's supposed to start. But now, it didn't start there because I was not saved when I got married. So, when should it start? As soon as you get saved. It should start. So now, I know that I have to start wherever I am and say, okay, God, I don't have the history that some people have. I didn't have the, 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 the pleasure and didn't have the opportunity to be saved when I was young coming up, but now I am, so start teaching me now. God wants to take me wherever I am and take me from there wherever he wants me to be. That's what he's going to do to all of us. Isn't that true? He doesn't say, well, you get right with me before I accept you. He accepts us just as we are. Then he moves us to be more like him. By the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God, that's what we all 
are going to be doing is moving from one degree of sanctification to another degree of sanctification. We are all being drawn more and more to be like him. That's where it should start. That's where it should start. I said, okay, that's good, God. That's good. Uh, let's go to Genesis. Because we, we, we're, 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 we're going somewhere now. We're just saying, we're talking about the roles of the, of the, of the male. But females, that's why I say, keep your ears perked up because everything I say, a lot of times it's going to be directed to you too. God's not a respected person. We're all part of the body of Christ here. In chapter 2, in Genesis, verse 15, and then the Lord took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. One thing we have to know is that God is always going to have something for us to do. It was not another person in that garden at this particular time. Is that correct? He was the only one. He could have said, hey, you just cool out. Just be nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of everything. Uh, take, just like I take care of the animals, I'm going to take care of you, and you don't have to do a thing. Just, just wake up in the morning and just go eat, lay back down, take your nap, and get back up, eat some more, take you another nap. <laughs> you know, walk around, look at the stars, all the lights that I've created, eat some more, and then go to bed, you know, sleep, wake up the next morning, keep doing the same thing. He could have said that, couldn't he? But he didn't, did he? He didn't. He said that, I put you in the garden, now you work, you do something. Did he say do something? He said cultivate it. He said keep it. Didn't he? So therefore, he gave man something to do. It's very important. He also, in verse 16, it says, And God, and, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, From in the tree of the garden you may freely eat. In verse 17, But the, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it, you shall surely die. So he's telling the man, it's very important for you to know that I'm giving you two things that I want you to do in our relationship. I want you to work, and I want you to be obedient to what I ask you to do. Men, our role in our intimacy with Jesus Christ is to always please him. Because remember we just read in John 8, 28, that he says, I always do that which pleases the Father. Didn't he? So we should always do that which pleases our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's part of our intimate relationship with Jesus. We're going to please him. We're going to do what he asks us to do. That's what we are supposed to do. That's what he was doing. And we get in trouble when we don't do it. Is that correct? And we've read that before. Let's go a little bit further on that. In Proverbs, uh, it's a book of wisdom, chapter 24, verse 27. 
he tells us something here that relates to what I just read in Genesis, where he's telling us as men, as husbands, and you need to practice it before, practice before you get married. And this is women, what you want to make sure you're looking for. What I'm telling you now, what the, because I'm only reading scripture. I'm telling you what the word of God says. So you can take note on this is that, okay, I'm going to look for a man who has an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ because he says so. I'm not going to do anything on my own initiative without seeking my Lord and Savior. I don't want a man doing that either. I want to always please my Lord. I want my husband to do that. So I'm looking for somebody that's like that. I'm looking for somebody who is going to be obedient to the Lord and who's going to make sure he's working. Is that correct? Okay, let's look at it in verse 27 of Proverbs. Prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then build your house. Now, in that scripture, most theologians will say, this is a, 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 a scripture that gives you some wisdom on what you need to do, that you need to start in, in preparation uh, before you get into a, a building process. He says, I want you to build a house and then find you a job and start working. That doesn't make sense. I don't want you to uh, prepare uh, uh, where you're going to live and then get somewhere to work. You start working now, and then later on you build your house. Also, theologians say that it is preparation for marriage. In other words, you prepare your work outside before you get married. Do not, do not marry and then start trying to find work. That's opposite, isn't it, of what he's saying here. Prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then, build your house. So you, wanna, you, you want to build your house. You want to get a wife, and I'm telling you, a, a, a wife of wisdom, a virtuous woman, she can build a house, I'm telling you. Uh, she's part of that building process. Don't do it opposite. Don't do it opposite, okay? That's very important. Also, if we're going to truly imitate our Lord and Savior as men, our role, when our role will be, we want to be res- we want to be responsible for responsible for what God has given us. Is that true? We want to be responsible for that. Let's look at it in Luke chapter six. Let's go there in Luke chapter six, um, verse twelve. Let's look there. It says, it was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Verse 13. And when day came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also called apostles. Now, this scripture is very important now. If we're going to be like our Lord and Savior, 
if we, men, if we're going to have a role just like Jesus, how Jesus is, that's how we're supposed to be. He's our clue. He's our picture that we see uh, on the puzzle box. How he is, that's how the piece is supposed to fit up. So Jesus, before he chose anybody to be with him who's going to take the gospel, because the apostles were the one who was going to take the gospel from that point on after he uh, was crucified and resurrected, he's going to commission them to go into the, all the world. Matthew 28. Now, the Father gave him some people, some people, but he spent all night praying. Men, our role is, first of all, pray, pray, pray for your mate to be. Do not just choose somebody who looks good. Okay? I mean, that's, that's, that, you don't even choose a car like that, an automobile. Really? Really? You don't. If you do, you, you haven't been living long. Teenagers do that. Anything shiny and looks good, they, they don't get it. Haven't even looked under the hood, don't even know whether it has an engine or not. You know what I'm saying? Right. Pray. Because you want the Father's best. You want what he has for you, so you pray. That's what Jesus, Jesus have, he, he did. He prayed. He prayed to see what, what, it was, what it was. What do you want from me? What do you want from me, Father? What do you want from me? John, let's look at John, the Gospel of John, chapter 17. Let's go there, and let's see what he said in, in verse. Let's start in uh, verse 9. Let's start there. I ask you on their behalf, I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me, whom you have given me, for they are yours. So Jesus is praying here to the Father, and he's saying that, that I'm praying for my disciples here. I'm praying for the apostles. I'm praying for my disciples because those are the ones who you gave me. So his prayer all night, he was praying for his, his disciples, but the Father, he knew the Father was going give to him, give him disciples, but he wanted not to make any mistakes. He said, he said that everybody... These are the people who you have given me because they are your people. They're not my people. They're your disciples. They're not my disciples. They are your disciples. And so I pray for them. This is what he says in verse 10. And all things that are mine are yours and yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them. When you select somebody, man, you don't, oh, now, I'm, I'm, now, I know I'm, 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 I'm I'm going ahead of myself, and I'm not teaching on finances right now. But let me tell you something. Whatever, whoever you select to be your wife, all that's yours is hers. Do you hear what I'm saying? You don't have these separate accounts. You don't have this, this, this fund laid over here in, in Swiss bank, you know, that, <laughs> that you use this just on things you want to use it on. She doesn't touch this money. This is my money. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. We don't do this. We don't do this now. 
all this because we see what Jesus said. Jesus says that all things that are mine are yours. So if Jesus says that men, that means that in your role as being a reflection of Jesus in this marriage, you're supposed to be saying to this woman, all that I have is yours. All that I have. It should be not be any, any hidden agendas, you see. When, when a woman say, well, well um, how much did you make on this? I'm not going to tell you, you know, because you want it all, you know. <laughs> there is nothing that I have that Minerva does not know about. I, my checks go straight to her. I, I, I don't think I've ever cashed a check unless you ask me to. I just I give it to her. Everything, it goes to her. And uh, she, you know, she doesn't work. She used to, but she doesn't now. And I call her and ask her, hey, can I, I but no, okay. <laughs> usually, usually she knows if I go to the store, I'm, I'm going to see something and so that I want to buy. Uh, usually, no, 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 no. Stick to the list, brother, stick to the list. <laughs> Because she keeps the she keeps the finances. So, uh, and I'm telling you that that's that's what we're supposed to do. And I've seen people where, well, man, I've I've did some I've done premarital counseling, not premarital, uh, postmarital counseling. I've done some counseling with marriages, and and one of the problems is that finances, finances. They want they want my money, my bank account, this and that. Oh my goodness gracious. He's spending money on this, and he doesn't even tell me. And I, I, he's he's getting money over here. He's not telling me how much. Is. It says here, all that I have is yours. Then he says, all yours are mine. We like that, men, don't we? <laughs> we like that, you know. I'm telling you, it goes both ways. Goes both ways. Yeah. Both ways. It's very important now. We are trying to duplicate Jesus Christ. That's what we're trying to do as men. So I want to just alert you to the scriptures that it says here so that we as men will know, uh, stop this secretive stuff. Stop this my money stuff. I spend it on what I want to and all this kind of stuff. No. Uh Uh-uh. What's yours is hers. If you want what's hers to be yours. Yeah. It doesn't go one way. It goes both ways. Let's go to a, another place and, and let's go back to Proverbs. In Proverbs, they had, there's an interesting uh, chapter, chapter 19, uh, uh, verse 14. There's an interesting something there that I want to bring out to our attention, man, so you know that God is looking out for us. He really is. He is for us. Verse 14, it says, House and wealth are an inheritance from fathers. And, and that, that, that's true. They're from fathers. But a prudent wife is from the Lord. We have to be responsible 
to take care of what God has given us. Because Jesus said that all those you have given me, I have not lost, not one. Except the son of perdition, that the scripture may be fulfilled. Is that correct? Jesus did not lose anyone that God has given him. Men, our wives, or wives-to-be, if you're going to have a prudent wife singles, it's going to come from the Lord. Believe me. Believe me. Now, you can get a wife now. That's not from the Lord, but she won't be prudent. If you want to, you want to go for something shiny and just cause something, you know, uh, some one person said, man, if I ever get married, I'm going to marry me one of these supermodels. <laughs> People don't even have a clue. They don't even have a clue. Yeah. They don't have a clue. These young people, they don't, they don't have a clue. See? I used to didn't have a clue. I mean, everybody didn't have a clue. See? Because there's not a person on this earth who doesn't have problems. Not a person. You don't even know what this person does to stay uh, slender. I mean, I've had people who, who they have eating disorder, disorders where they'll eat and then you don't know it, but then they go in the bathroom and they'll throw it up so they won't have to gain weight. I mean, it's all sorts of stuff going on. We don't even have a clue a lot of times what's going on. There have been people who married, and they married somebody they thought was the best looking thing, the cheerleader, the cheerleaders and everything, and, 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 uh, and sometimes they, then they find out later on that, oh my goodness, this, this person, they've had health problems all their life. You, you just you don't want to just marry somebody, just be marrying somebody who you think that is going to be looking good. Uh, I had a person in college, they did that. They did the best what they thought looking somebody on campus. Uh, uh, they 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 had a girlfriend that's like that. And do you know that everybody was like like everybody wanted that girl, right? He got he married her, and don't you know, everybody still wanted his wife, <laughs> you know, and and uh, the the person had problems because they like attention, and uh, later on I found out years years later whatever happened to you know Joe Blow you know uh, and Susie Q you know uh, Susie Q ran off with some such such as but and uh, this I'm I'm telling you. you a prudent wife is from the Lord. It's from the Lord. We got to pray for that prudent wife, and we got to take care of that prudent wife when we get that prudent wife. That's what we had to do. Let's look at um, in chapter 18, verse 22. It says that he who finds a wife, and we're talking about uh, a, a prudent wife now, finds a good thing. And even if it didn't say prudent wife, you say you adding something to the scripture. It didn't say prudent wife. It says just a wife. You find if you find a wife, just any old wife. I don't care what she is. I don't care if she's saved. I don't care. If she want to? But you, okay, you can say that if you want to. But it says that finds a good thing. A good thing. That, the scripture says in, in, in James. Let's say James chapter one. 
The scripture says that all good and perfect gifts are from the Lord. That's what it says. And come down from the Father of lights, so there is no shadow of turning. Didn't it say that? But do you know that a wife is a good thing? A wife from the Lord is a good thing. I'm qualifying. A wife from the Lord is a good thing. You know that it doesn't, you know that the, God got sense enough, the Holy Spirit, he's, this is God breathed word, he doesn't mean any wife. Because if you read scripture, you marry your Jezebel if you want to. And you say, well, I found a good thing. Right, you found a good thing, but you found a good thing if you want to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. Mm. No. 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 Even in Job, Job, uh, his wife said, hey, why don't you just curse God and die? He said, wait a minute, you, you, you talk like one of the foolish women. So even in Job, he know there are some foolish women who really don't understand anything. So we know that he's saying that if you find a wife, you find a good thing. He's talking about a proven wife is from the Lord. We know that you find a good thing. Women, I'm telling you, you are good. Because he says that, he said that it's not good for man to be alone. Right? Women, I tell you, you're the, you're the best thing since popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. Work on being prudent. Right? Work on being prudent. Because that's what, that's what God wants. Work on wisdom. Work on wisdom. Men. We got to keep that which God gives us. Now let's go to Ephesians. And let's look there at some of the roles that just in Ephesians chapter 5 gives us. In verse 1, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as, dis- as beloved children. Well, we said that last week that one of the roles of, of, of a husband is to imitate Christ. Be imitators. Mimic. Be imitators. So I know that's my role. Everything I see Christ doing, I know I'm supposed to do. Oh, that's good. I'm supposed to do that. Oh, that's, I like that. Verse 2. Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us and offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. So I see that Paul is talking to the church here at Ephesus, and he's saying that we all should be, so women, we are talking to you too, is that correct? Women should be imitators of God. Women should walk in love. Everything I'm saying here, women should be able to do and should do. But I'm speaking as a role for the men specifically here that men, we need to walk in love. Walk in love because it says as Christ also loved the church. And we went over that last week uh, in verse 25 of, of Ephesians 5. It says that love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. This is just telling the church that that's what God did for the church. So that means we're supposed to do this for our wives. We're supposed to give ourselves up for our wives. Now, it's not asking you to die for your wife, but you might have to do that. 
in certain situations. You might have to do that. Uh, put your life on the line for her. That's good. When, men, when you walk down the sidewalk, this is something not in the notes, but I'm just giving it to you because I know you need it. Um, it says here, uh, let's say we're walking down the sidewalk here. Uh, never, come here a minute, please. please come here. Uh, this is a demonstration here. Uh, we haven't practiced it, but it's okay. Come on over here. Okay, here's the street. Here's the sidewalk. Men, do not walk like this. Because if this woman is next to the street and a car gets errant over here a little bit, splash water or something, it's getting on her. Never walk over there, walk over here. If, if y'all get out of the car, I don't care if you get out over this, I don't care. Get over here and walk next to the street so that if a car is errant, they lose, they go to sleep or, or whatever they do. If they're going to hit anybody, they hit you. You see, you see what I'm saying? Women, am I, do you want to walk next to the sidewalk and let this man, you want to get hit? <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Oh. It's amazing. It's amazing that I, I see that. I see men walking on the inside and women walking, and their life is in danger. Yeah. When it's raining or something, the cars come by, splash water on her. You know? No. You walk on the close to the danger. Okay? I'm serious. You do that. Because you take care of what God has given you. You have that responsibility. He said, I lost none that you have given me. We don't want to say, well, God, we were walking down the sidewalk. I can't help that, 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 that car. When it, when it hit her, man, I didn't, it's not my fault. No, it was your fault because you were walking on the inside. See, you walking on the inside. Walk on the outside in the danger. I've seen it now. I tell you, I've seen it. So you women, you remember this now. That man, that man on the inside, you say, hey, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You get over, you get over there. <laughs> you do that. You're not going to expose me to danger, you know. <laughs> give yourself up for her. That means that give, if Christ gave yourself up for her, Christ gives also his self-life up for her. I'm telling you that there are Women don't have a big responsibility like the men have. And, and, and if you want it, if you want the responsibility, you talk to God about it. But I'm telling you, we're supposed to be like Christ. We're supposed to take care of you. Women are not supposed to take care of men. You hear what I'm saying? Men are supposed to take care of women because Christ takes care of us. We are not taking care of Christ as a church, are we? Christ is taking care of us. He's our protector. He's our uh, provision. He's our comforter. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Men, verse 3, we need to provide a secure environment for our wives. You need to price this early. Price this before you get married if you can. Price it. It says, but immorality and any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is 
proper among the saints. And there must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting, which is not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty, that no immoral or impure person or covetous man or idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly in darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. Walk as children in the light. Now that's important. That's important. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what, what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. Everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It's very important. Before I hit the next verse, let, let, let's, let's hit this just one little bit here. Secure environment. It is not a secure environment. When security for a woman is more than financial, just because you work and bring home a paycheck, that's, that's not security only for a woman. A woman is not secure if she is not secure in her place as the as the the woman in this household that you love, that you cherish, that you uh, uh, you, you she's going to provide children for you, or providing children for her for for you and everything. She's cooking, she, she's doing all these type of things for you and, and working whatever she's doing, and you are not providing the security of knowing that she is the first place. She is the apple of your eye. She is the one who you, 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 you dream about. She's the one who, who you're thinking about. You're not thinking about Susan Q at work who tells you that, oh, you're so handsome. You're so nice, you know. I wish my husband was like you, you know. No, uh, no, 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 no. It's not secure when you are watching pornography and expect for her to please you. It is not a secure environment. Do you hear me, man? Am I right, women? She doesn't want to be compared to an old supermodel. She doesn't want to be compared to anybody. She wants to know that you chose her, and she is the woman of your love life. She's your valentine. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's what she wants to know. These, these, these young, young ones with short dresses and all this stuff and all that, they're not, they not what you're interested in. Am I right, man? I hear about three of you. (laughs) (laughs) 
She wants security. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you. Because men, I'm telling you, women uh, want somebody to pay attention to them. At, work, at your workplace or wherever you are, I'm telling you. You can't, you can't tell a woman, um, you know, I don't care how nice she looks. Don't be telling somebody else's uh, uh, single woman, whoever, you look really nice in that. Don't you tell her that. You don't have no business telling her that. Really, if you're married, right? Because her husband might didn't even tell her that. Well, my husband don't even know this. I don't care if she's single. Don't tell her that. Don't tell her that. That's not security for your wife. Don't be bringing no Playboy magazine. Matter of fact, just don't even be bringing no Sports Illustrated. Uh, Sports Illustrated. I don't even. I don't even. I don't even. I don't even subscribe to Sports Illustrated because I know they have a, 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 a one of their one is a, is a swimsuit edition. Ah, uh-uh. no, no, uh, uh-uh. no, no. That's not security, is it? Not security. Woman don't want to see you looking at these women with these these uh string bikinis on. They're more string than they are bikinis, you know. And you don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. That is not security. It says that immorality, filthiness, and she doesn't want to be. Uh, don't be making fun of your wife out in public and stuff like that, or in private either. Don't be doing this kind of stuff. That's not security. Look at verse 18 here. Do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Talking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to all things to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, even to the Father. I'm telling you, men, don't, if you got a problem uh, with uh, taking a little wine here or there, I told you that, that I don't even do it because I don't want nothing in, inhibiting my, the little sense I do have, do not, <laughs> do not, uh, 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 you know, because wine is an inhibitor, I'm telling you, it's a depressant. You think, you think wine is something that's going to stimulate you, it depresses the part of you that, that, that makes you got some sense, you see? And then you go mess around, you drink wine, and then you, you get mad, and then you're doing something crazy. How are you going to take care of what God has given you, and you get intoxicated, and, and now you're you fighting this domestic violence, all this kind of stuff. You, you're saying things you shouldn't say. You might even have an accident or something and turn over the car and, and kill yourself. Now look what you've done. You know, that's crazy. No. No, take care of what God has given you. Jesus said, I've lost none that you've given me. Yeah. So if you want to drink a little beer, I don't know why you want to do that. It's bitter, you know. Uh, but if you want to drink a little beer, you drink something. But, but you better drink just a little taste here, a little taste there, a little taste here, a little taste there, like wine. Yeah, I don't care what you drink. But I'm telling you, uh, don't get drunk with wine, which is dissipation. Be filled with the Spirit. I'd rather be filled with the Spirit. Yeah, be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Then you'll speak the right things, right? Yeah, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Women like to hear that. 
They don't want to hear all this stuff that come out of your mouth when, you, when you've been drinking a little bit, you know? I don't want to hear that. You love me, don't you, man? Okay, all right, just want to make sure now. I want to make sure. We will talk about headship next week. Headship. And I, I think uh, we'll do one more lesson on, with the men. Uh, and then uh, on Mother's Day, we'll do one message on the women. And, and uh, we, man, you need three messages. You need three messages. <laughs> Come on, we do. Uh, we do. We need three messages. Women don't need but one. They don't need but one. And you know if it's Mother's Day, it's going to be good. Right? <laughs> it's going to be good. Because, because it, come on, the church and Jesus Christ, come on now. How much did Jesus put on the church compared to on him? No. God laid everything on, on Christ. Christ paid the price for us, didn't he? He died for us. I mean, he was nailed to the cross for us. He took stripes for us. He did all those things for us, didn't he? You don't want me to give an improper uh, uh, message, do you? Let's <laughs> say God is good. God is good. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.